When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! <laughs> It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. My God, uh, the post-game taping has gone about like football game today. We'll get there. We'll get. Hey, uh, it's first game for everybody. We just can't lose this one. Uh, yeah, we cannot lose this one. And it is your first uh, Eskridge Lexus post-game show, uh, post-game podcast of the 2021 season. Happy to be back, Eddie and I, uh, here with you on this edition. As uh, the Sooners win it 40 to 35, and as Bob wrote in his uh, story on the page. Uh, not exactly kind of how you planned it God, out. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of things that we'll get into that uh, obviously probably weren't planned or didn't go as planned, but uh, giving up an onside kick with two and a half minutes left and then but you had a perfectly clear shot to get it. Well, and I mean, that's just it, it's it's kind of a microcosm of everything that went down today, but it was uh, I mean, I don't know. I if you would have caught me about two hours earlier, uh, you know, like immediately after the game, I think I probably would have said some stuff that I shouldn't have. Uh, I've been able to have a couple beers after the game now, calm down a little bit. It was embarrassing to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's like, I, I, I realized it. I, I, I guess I don't know how to feel, Carrie. It was, it was just such an awkward kind of season opener because it wasn't supposed to be there obviously and then you get into the fact that you know it, it felt like a scrimmage it, like a spring scrimmage it with the 100% fans. felt like a scrimmage inside the stadium uh I would say it was a top at least top 10 most miserable game that I've covered down on the field at OU it was just bad. from I mean, just from a heat standpoint it felt like you know as you said the the crowd was never really into it and who could blame them it was absolutely miserable. Yeah, and even in the press box... And there box, wasn't a lot of stuff to be excited about either. Like, even in the press box, it was uncomfortable in there. Like, it was not... It wasn't cooled all that well, because uh, I think it was so hot outside. It was just a bad... It was a... <laughs> you don't say this too often, and, like, I don't want to get... Like, I I don't want people to think that I didn't have fun or that it wasn't fun to be back doing right what we're able to do this year because we're of last year do, and stuff yeah. yeah it's like but at the same time it was like god damn when's this game gonna get over and oh my god are they going to lose this game that would be a disaster it would be an absolute fall on your face disaster it is you know the thing about the game today is there were a lot of familiar things to me sure uh Seeing Kennedy Brooks run the football, you're like, "You look good." Holy shit, that guy's really good. I forgot how good that guy is. Uh, seeing uh, defensively, uh, Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, Perrion Winfrey, those guys just just harassing a quarterback, tackles for loss. That was very familiar to me. I thought some good things, and, and we'll do stock up, stock down, you know, coming up. But yeah, I thought the safeties were fine. I mean, Keyshawn Lawrence almost got ejected from the game for a targeting call, but. Uh, in the run game, I thought Delarian Turner Yell and, and Pat Fields did some really good things. Pat Fields defended some people down the field. Uh and I I hate to say this, but unfortunately the offensive line looked familiar from last year. Yeah. Like just I thought Anton Harrison appeared to have a really good day. He you know, he didn't have any false starts. Uh that was all on Chris Murray. He had two and one drive and then he got yanked. 
Uh, they put Eric Swenson in at guard. But obviously, Andrew Rame not starting at center. Um, I, I don't know. It just seemed like that there were issues there throughout that. Spencer Rattler, I was, you know, we all expected him to take the next step, and he didn't do it today. And, oh, he, and, took, he took steps back today. And, and it's crazy to say because you look at his stat line, and it's not bad. 30 of 39, 304 yards, a touchdown, but he throws two picks. Yeah. And the first pick of the game led to them taking the lead 7 nothing, and it was just a poor decision that he made. Right out of the gates, it seemed like it was one of those games, and I, I put in the uh, in the uh, staff predictions that we put up on the Crimson Corner yesterday. It was like, you wanted to go into this game, and even as Oklahoma was a 31-point favorite, you went into the game thinking, there's like, how much are you going to really learn over the next couple weeks? Obviously, Western Carolina coming up next week. You're not going to learn a whole lot about this team, but you're going to learn if it's a bad thing. And you just wanted to see clean football, and you got none of that in the first quarter. Whether it be penalties, whether it be the turnover, whether it be missed tackles, it just was like a holy shit, here we go again type thing. And you know, there were two other guys that were, you know, kind of they are who we thought they were, and that's Marvin Mims and Gabe Burkage. Oh, they were like, excellent. That's the star list. That's the that's the gold star standard from today. Uh, all those people, and and not Spencer Rattler. I mean. Even though his stats were here's the thing that I I I'm concerned about with Spencer Rattler. Remember the uh the dive into the end zone that he attempted on third and goal from the yeah. one and just how sad that was. It was like the saddest, most uh least momentum a quarterback had trying to get over the goal line. I think he thought if he just jumped up and reached that it would be good and he never even got far enough. It was, to reach for the goal line. No. It, it was weird. And then they went for it on fourth down. I think they gave it to Kennedy Brooks, right? Uh, yes. And he just barreled in. Yes. And But, I mean, there were times, like, I just thought Spencer Rattler is playing. Like, when Baker Mayfield had his first year at Oklahoma, which was the second year playing, you could not get him to stop taking chances by doing too much running the football. Sure. It seems like Spencer Rattler has fallen into uh, a deal where he's trying to protect himself too much and just not letting loose and playing football. There, there, it does seem like there's something that is like keeping him from just letting it go. And at the end of last year, you, I thought you saw that. I thought that's what you saw in the Cotton Bowl. It seemed like he let go. And even there was a couple times in the Florida game that he would scramble and make a pretty good run. And even mm-hmm. though it was against a, you know, what Dan Mullen would call a JV team. It seemed like he was getting people on on his back and kind of leading them. I never got that feeling today, obviously. It just never seemed like he got into a rhythm. It was really awkward. It was really strange. And, uh, you know, it it ended up, you know. Well, the second half, I mean, it was just a disaster. I mean, it just really was. was. And that's the thing. It's like you go back into uh, this afternoon. It's like even as bad as they played in the first half, they still found something in the second quarter. They were able to, uh, you know, force a couple turnovers. But even if you look at the turnovers, the uh, the the two in particular, one the back to back plays for Tulane, they get three points out of it. Well, and I think this is this is everybody's not everybody. This is a lot of people's biggest issue from the game today. Like I'm not walking out of there today thinking, oh shit, this team's gonna lose four games. But there are reasons to think like. Okay, this area needs to get a whole lot better. This area needs to get like 20 times better. I think the main thing about it is it's just like you see that and you see them go in 37-14 and then you see uh, Tulane come back in the second half and you're just, you know, I I think about like uh, uh, Big Cat screaming at, you know, at the NCAA tournament, fix it. Like it's like... That was supposed to be fixed. Like, you had an entire offseason. You didn't have COVID protocol. You didn't have to do Zoom meetings. Like, you got to practice. You got an entire spring. Like, why isn't this fixed now? Like, why does the offense still stalling? Like, Spencer Rattler, you were supposed to have another year of... of You, you were supposed to be a different player. You were supposed to make this jump. And I didn't see it today because the second half started, and you had two turnovers that ended up being Gabe Burkich field goals yeah. because it went nowhere. I think they both were three and outs they after were. the turnover. They were. And it's like, how do you not take advantage of that? And, and look, I think part of it is Lincoln Riley. It was weird what they were doing with the run game. They were trying to protect the running backs. 
everybody, it was like scared money don't make none. That's yeah. kind of what today felt like in a lot of respects. And the scary thing is, it's it's now like, it, I think there's a lot of us that already thought it was a little bit of a problem, but it is a problem. This is, this is a program right now that builds first half leads and then lets teams back into the game. And I don't know if it's just a mentality thing. And there was a lot of talk about uh, preparation, uh, mentality of the players going into the game, or I mean, after the game, like throughout this 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 week. But it's become kind of a tradition in a way of you build a big lead and then you let teams back in because you can't put your foot on the throat. And I don't, you know, I think it, it it's from the top to the bottom. It's like it's Lincoln Riley's fault. It's the players' faults. It's it, it's, it's always, everything. It's, it's you know, Iowa State now, I mean, they're just good enough to make that happen, and they sure. always have been. And I think in the beginning it was OU not taking them seriously, uh, but you've got to be talented enough in order to come back for that. Like the Kansas State game last year, still hard to explain why that happened. Um, you saw some of the other games that were on, like the well, TCU game. Adam Adam Jock has uh, sent this this tweet to me and he outlined it all and he didn't even put in the 2017 uh georgia game at, out yeah, of the rose bowl uh-huh. that was what 31 17 at halftime because right, of because the, the uh the, the 31 14 and then the squib kick yeah. and the and the field goal by rodrigo uh blankenship but 2017 iowa state they're up 24 to 13 at halftime they lose the game 38 31 2019 tcu they're up 21 to nothing they win 28-24. They hold on. 2019, Iowa State, they're up 35-10 to at halftime. They win 42-41 in the thriller that they come up with the big stop at the end of the game. Uh, 2020, Iowa State, Big 12 Championship, they're up 24-7 at halftime. They end up winning 27-21. Texas, 2020, they're up 31-17 with 127 left in the third quarter. They ended up winning in four overtimes. Uh, Kansas State game, they're up 35-14 with 246, which... I don't think there's anybody out there that didn't think about the Kansas State game today when Tulane's making a move when they're down by what? 13 no, we were talking or they get the two point Yeah. Uh they're up 35-14, 2:46 left in the third quarter. They end up losing the game obviously 38-35 and then today they're up by 23, 37-14 at halftime. And all of a sudden you look up and I and, and Tulane has the ball with two and a half minutes left driving to win the game. Yep. It's just it, it's almost it's. I would say it's inexplicable, but it's very explainable as far as what goes into these second halves that they just go into a shell. And not to mention, they get outscored what twenty-one to three in the second half today. Yep. Second time in three games they haven't scored a touchdown in the second half. If you want to go all the way back to the Big Twelve Championship last year, obviously the Florida game, and then today. So it's a it's a problem, and I don't know exactly like other than. I don't know if it's like being more aggressive through play calling or what. And I, you know, if if people will say, well, why don't you ask Lincoln Riley about it? And I'm sure that it'll come up at some point. It might even come up this week, but I'm sure that he would say something to the effect of, well, it's only a couple, you know, couple inches away from, you know, we 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 hit a seam or we make a play. And we pick up a first down and things change. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I think what you say is, yeah, we had those problems, but we also had Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks that were, sure. you know, look that, that or a guy that finished backup. I mean, and I will say like the and I think Riley and Rattler even said it as much after the game. It's like the, the two interceptions today, they were pretty good plays by the defensive backs. The first one was just it was a, a bad throw, punt. but yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a good it was a good yeah. throw. I mean, a good play. Well, and all that being said on the offense. The thing that really stood out to me, and, and I'm not sure, I, I'm sure some of the heat did it, or maybe that's a convenient excuse, but the amount of rotating on the defensive side of the ball was staggering today. It, I could not, for the life of me, figure out why you needed to to change out defensive linemen as much as they did. It didn't feel like uh, Isaiah Thomas, Perry, Winfrey, Reggie Grimes, that starting three, it didn't feel like they played at all in the second half until they got into nut cut in time. Right. And it was like then Nick Benito and holy, Winfrey. It was and like Isaiah holy Thomas shit, yeah. holy shit, we're not going to win the game if we don't get these guys back in there. It was incredible, and I mean it is ridiculous because the offensive linemen played the entire game. They're not rotating those guys, which like they survived. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's probably some people that would say, why didn't they move some guys around? 
Eric Swenson played a little bit at uh, guard for Chris Murray after right. the the two offsides. The, the, the yeah, two the, after he jumped twice. Uh, and then Andrew Ram obviously got in in the fourth quarter, and I don't think it was I a coincidence Anton that they Harrison started. Anton did pretty well. I yeah. didn't, didn't. There was nothing glaring from him that I saw today. It's just so hard to be down there shooting video and then actually te- being able to see what the offensive linemen are doing. I'll have to go back and watch it, but unless it's like a major, like, oh my God, this guy's just getting killed the entire time. But, I mean, I think one thing you did see on defense is you saw something that you didn't see a whole lot of last year. You saw just some straight-out busts. Yeah. Just guys running free, running wide open. And when you have a corner switching out every few plays, you have uh, uh, you know safeties in and out on series, like... I, I don't I, I get that rotation is a good thing and you don't want guys playing 80 snaps a game uh and I wish to God that PFF uh was available on this game and I keep checking because I want to see snap counts in this thing uh I would love to know you know like I had it was a very frustrating day because I had people texting me constantly like is Perry on Winfrey hurt why why isn't Isaiah Thomas in the game like it's like they did it too much. Yeah. It's just too much. Like, there's a line, and they crossed it, like, way over, way crossed it. Like, I don't know. And I asked Alex Grinch that very question in the game, and uh, it was almost like they used this game, and maybe this is part of it. Maybe the players kind of felt like, well, they're, they're rotating so much that they're not really treating this seriously either. Well, and if that's the case, and I think somebody brought it up on the board earlier today, I that type of mentality just like I I don't get it. You get 12 to 13 opportunities to do this a year. 12 to 13 opportunities every 365. Which mentality? Clarify that for just me. Just as far as like taking the foot off the gas. Oh yeah. Or uh-huh. and or trying to get guys reps in a game that all of a sudden you look up and it's only a 13 point game or a, a one possession game. Like at some point, like you got to build a lead, obviously, and you do want to get guys reps. But at the same time, it's like, are you robbing other guys of reps of meaningful reps? And yeah. then, and then all of a sudden, you look up and say Tulane does go down and score. Then you're really. F-ed. I mean, I at this point, I'm kind of I'm more afraid of players getting hurt running on and off the field because they do it so much than I am of them getting hurt. You know, in the middle of the game, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It looked ridiculous. It was just too much today. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it was miserable down there. So I can I can I can understand if they wanted to get guys in and out, but at the same time it's like the second half was just awful. It was it was it was a very poor performance. Well, and in the here's the thing. It, you know, the defense they sucked the first two, three series, but then they got it together and they, they held them to fourteen points. But then it's kind of like with everything else. They got the offense a bunch of turnovers, and they didn't do anything with them. And they come out in the second half, and the offense just disappears completely, uh, and the defense is left to hang out to dry. Sure. The offensively, I... And the offense wasn't, like, changed. I mean, they were literally using... Mo- I mean, like, Mike Woods played a lot. Mario Williams played a lot. Marvin Mims played a lot. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood played quite a bit. Uh, Austin Stogner played a lot. Jeremiah Hall played mm-hmm. a lot. Braden Willis played a lot. But... Yeah, you know, they were missing Theo Weiss. They're missing Drake Stoops. Um, it's not like like Spencer Rattler didn't get a chance to get comfortable with the guys that he has out there. I, it and the other thing with Rattler too, it's you thought that he would look a little bit more comfortable out there. I never got the feeling no. that he looked comfortable no, today. I didn't. But at the same time, I didn't think Tulane was necessarily just getting a bunch of pressure on him either. They were pretty stout. I mean, Tulane has some good-looking dudes. Yeah. The problem is, though, I feel like we always come in here after a game like this, and it's like, oh, I could see Tulane going. I don't want to say that. You know, yeah, yeah, like 10 and 2 or something. And then they'll, they'll and then you look and up in three weeks, yeah. and they're getting their ass beat by Southeast Louisiana or something. Right, right. It's but, like that year when Idaho State came in here. But uh, I will say, like, I and, you know, I wasn't down on the field last year, so I, I can't compare it to anything. They were they were about that life today. They were they were flying around for sure, and they were talking some shit too. Tulane, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and I think that's like one of the more concerning things about this whole entire day is the fact that 
they get it, it, it seems like often some like the and especially early in the season, Oklahoma has to get hit in the mouth a couple times to go, oh shit, we gotta get it together. And last year, they got hit twice and all of a sudden they were one and two. Today they got away with it. By the way, can I I mean look, we totally understand like fan emotions during the game. Uh, and running, I, I run the Sooner Scoop account during the game. I, I just abandoned my own personal account, just run the Sooner Scoop account. Uh, so I'm seeing like some of the mentions and things. My favorite thing today was people blaming uh, name image likeness for Spencer Rattler <laughs> struggling. Like, here's the thing. It, you're you're emotional during games, and I get it. And I'm not like holding it. It's not like I bookmarked that guy and I was like, oh, I'm going to get this guy later. Like, no, I just... It rolls off me. Like, I hear it. And, like, people that know this on the message board. I'll be honest, that might have been my burner account that was (laughs) tweeting you. People on the message board, like, uh, the game thread is spectacular. Like, if you go back and look at it right now, you're going to see some grown men saying some very regretful things in the middle of that game. But Spencer Rattler and NIL is not, not the reason for his struggles today. I mean, he has so much more money at stake. Well, by playing well than the than thing, and nil. I, I'll be the first one to say it that I lose sight in this all the time. It's not like those guys go out there and they try to do that. Yeah, it's not like they're trying to perform poorly. Yeah. They don't wake up at five thirty in the morning during the summer to go bust their ass with Benny Wiley to uh, to not perform well. If anything, the two guys, and here's the thing: like Spencer Rattler wasn't even in Sam Howell category bad today. Like, Sam Howell was bad yesterday. He was inaccurate. Well, they didn't get beat. His offensive line sucked, too, by the way. Or Virginia Tech's really good on their defensive line. I don't know which. We'll find out. But the two guys everybody talked about, Sam Howell and, and, and Spencer Rattler, not the not the first shine, not the best shining moment Mm-mm. for the season openers for either. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And like I said, it's ridiculous to say because Rattler, 30 of 39. I mean, 304 yards. It's just... Well, like you said, the uh, the guy, and this is the bad thing, and maybe good for Spencer Rattler, but the guy that has a Heisman vote out in L.A. that didn't even watch the game is going to wake up tomorrow, He'll look see at the, the paper, 30, and he 39, goes 30 or 39 for three whatever, and he's going to say, you know what? This guy had a good day. I'll keep him atop my straw pole. Sure. Yeah. It's like, and that's the problem. That's that's We're not going to get into that conversation in week one, but it was... <laughs> It was very start. There were there were startling moments, but at the same time, Carrie, I look back and I go, after like I'm able to calm down after the uh, near disaster. It's like, okay, are these are these issues fixable? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we Absolutely. saw enough during the game to know. I mean, and we know these players. I'm a, I you know I think I'm I'm more concerned with bigger picture. Yeah. Why 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 can't they go for a knockout blow? Like. It's Why official. Why can't they develop that mentality? It's official. Yeah. They have a that that mentality problem or their inability to get to that point. They that's have a, a they have it's a officially cruise, a problem. They have a cruise control problem. Yeah, they, and, they put it on cruise control. And that's what I don't understand. Is like you get twelve or thirteen chances a year to go, just you know, basically embarrass somebody, and they 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 can't get there. Well, and and we talked about this on the 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 pregame pod, like. The thing about Baker and Kyler is that they did have that. Like, they went for the jugular after a big play, like D.D. Westbrook or Sterling Shepard or well, C.D. Maybe, Lamb. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Spencer Rattler doesn't have Mark a Mark Andrews. Yet. Now, Marvin Mims was awesome today. I'm not... I'm not saying that they he if can't Spencer, get there. If Spencer just decided, I'm just going to throw to Marvin Mims the entire game, kind of like he did at TCU last year... It would have been uglier for his stats, but he would have thrown probably for three or four touchdowns today. I'll be honest. I I thought Brian Darby had a pretty good day. Yeah. I like some of what he did. I wanted to see a little bit more of Mike Woods. Yeah. Kind of, fe- kind of yeah. felt like I got robbed a little bit. He missed him. O- and, but a couple times he had him over the middle. Just flat out missed him. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a timing thing. I don't know if that's uh like they need to get some of those game reps in to be able to uh, feel where you know each other are going to be at that point, but maybe that'll come in time. And I also think Mario Williams learned a little lesson today, which is he's got to play at a higher level because 
I think he was he was kind of thinking like, oh, I'm one on one with this dude. I'm gonna get it. I'm I'm getting past him sure. easily, and they would grab his foot or something yeah. and, and bring him down. Like he was just 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 that away from breaking it a few times, and maybe he just didn't. Maybe he didn't play at a the level he. Like he's learning that he has to play at a higher level in college than he did at high school. You can't, you can't just, you know, out athlete everybody that you come across, even people at Tulane. I yeah. mean, Eric, he's got to realize like the touchdown was a nice play, uh, but he had a lot of plays out on the corner that were designed for him today to make somebody miss, and he, he didn't get it done. Eric Gray, same thing. Yeah, it felt like he was a couple times. It was like, oh shit. He was like that close to breaking something. And that's if I had a follow up to Lincoln Riley today, I would have asked him, you know, when you compare the days of of Link of Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks, is that more about them as runners or your offensive line? Because I don't know the answer to that. And I know I was I was talking to Gabe Eicher during the game, uh, and he was like I swear to God, I don't think the line is blocking for Eric Gray because I know he's a better running back than this. And he was joking, but yeah. like it did seem like Eric Gray just had nowhere to run every time he got the ball. And every time Kennedy Brooks got the ball, you're like, shit, that's what a running back's supposed to look like. Sure. And like a really not just a not just a running back, a really fucking good running back. Yeah. Like an he's, elite, elite. he is fucking good. Elite. So it was it was startling. I I mean it certainly wasn't what I expected. Uh, it just I'll say this too. Like Lincoln Riley took a long time to get to the media, so there was a lot of butt chewing going on in that locker room after the game. I mean I think there was, but then Spencer Rattler comes in and says something to the effect of, uh, like all the players were down, but Riley like kind of almost gave him like a pump up speech. Like you guys should feel good about yourselves, and like I I think that's what kind of pisses people off a little bit is that they want guys to come into the media and basic not like not necessarily bad mouth themselves you, i can tell you why i think that would be the case just some people i've talked to i can tell you that maybe lincoln has been harder on this team than he's ever been on any of his teams i've heard that in fall camp yeah i've heard that uh and i think maybe he realized Okay, me being an asshole all the time is not getting through to these guys. Sure. We have to try something different. So maybe that's what happened after the game. Do you think that's because that's just not who he is? He's not the Nick Saban. Yeah. I'm going to walk around and yeah. intimidate say, I, everybody. I was going to say dickhead, but it's like not like he's just not that guy. He, you can't intimidate, yeah. You can't be a, you can't walk around and be this like authoritarian type figure. Authoritarian, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I mean, he he's still a young coach. He's got to figure out how sure. to motivate these guys. I mean, it's got to be a challenge. You're dealing with kids. Like, there was something that happened this week. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it. I don't care. Uh, Patrick Fields was, you know, doing an interview um, with the media. And if you look at Patrick Fields' Instagram, like, he's always highlighting Tulsa area athletes. Sure. Uh, you know, kids that play at other school, kids that are in high school now. Like, he wants everyone to celebrate kids from Tulsa. And he mentioned uh you know a bunch of guys from Tulsa that, that you know our listeners yeah, he know. He mentioned Gentry and Micah Gentry Williams and, and uh Micah Tease and uh, There was one more. Uh was Luke had I don't think he mentioned no, Luke by not name. A big, he might not celebrate Bixby guys. He's know. union. He's a union guy, yeah. you got to remember. But no, he 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 called out a bunch of the Tulsa kids. Yeah, and I think oh, you got kind of nervous, and we're, and I had to step in. It was like no, 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 that that you know that's fine. It, kids can talk about other kids. That's what they do. I mean, and so it's like you have that mentality where everybody se celebrates everybody else. And we've talked about this before. I mean, that's just the way kids are now. We've talked about it on the board. Uh, it's just like when Trajan Bridges and Michael Jones and uh, 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 Seth McGowan got in trouble. It was like. Their teammates, people were expecting their teammates to come out and be like, you've hurt this team and damaged our reputation. No. The, what the teammates do now is like, dude, I've always got your back. You know, if you need anything yeah. from me, just let me know. Like, that's how kids... So, this old school mentality, I mean, it doesn't always... And I think Saban does a good job of kind of, you know, 
he relates to all his players as if they want to make a bunch of money and play football professionally. This is how they have to carry themselves. This is how they have to act. And Lincoln doesn't have the street cred for that yet. I mean, he's got it with Baker. He's got it with Kyler. He's got it with Jalen Hurts. He's got it with Mark Andrews, uh, C.D. Lamb. You know, a lot of guys on offense. How does how does a guy like Dabo? Like, that's a good question. Walk that line because he seems like, and I, I'll it's, be honest. I, I think the, anybody the, that's listened to the pod knows that I think he's a fraud of a person. It's the motivation line, I guess we could call it. Sure. How do you how do you walk that and get people to perform? better than they would perform without you. And Lincoln's trying to figure that out. Yeah. Because he ha- I mean they it's gotta, obvious he has not yet. No. Because they, this stuff keeps happening. But they got to figure it out if they want to take that next step. And I'm not saying that he has to be a hard ass about it, but they just got to be able to figure out a way to hold on to some of these leads because it, you know, they always talk about the ball bouncing one way and it could change everything. I mean, look at all the games that they could have lost that they found ways to win in the fourth quarter. Yeah. A Texas game especially. Sure. As emotional as that was. Sure. And, I mean, who knows how that season goes if they're one and three. And think about the year when they almost came back against Texas when Kyler was the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. They had more time. Yeah. They probably would have won that game. Just ran out of time. They didn't lose that game. We didn't lose. We just ran out of time. They just ran out of time. If there was a fifth quarter, they would have won. calling bullshit on myself. All right. Um, But, no, I, I... there are things that have to be fixed, and, and it's mostly, I think it's mental with this team. I think it's mental with Spencer Rattler. I think it's mental, like with Chris Murray. There are guys that are just, you know, they need more either more confidence uh, or they need to basically just get out of their own heads. Did they... We were talking before we started up today to just as far as you know you talk about expectations going into the year can a team handle the expectations that come with uh you know basically being a team that I think a lot of people felt like you know 24 hours ago that Oklahoma would be a a, a team that uh or this version of the Oklahoma football team could be a team that actually competes for a national title gets over that college football playoff hump I'm not saying that I'm I'm completely off of that bandwagon quite yet. I'm going to need to see a couple more poor performances, obviously. But at the same time, it's like, can can they handle this? Can a Spencer Rattler handle being the guy when you talk about a Heisman Trophy? Yeah. Like, and I, right now, I don't know if that that can be answered. It obviously can't, and it obviously won't be one game into the season. But it's worrisome. I I would say that. It's, it's almost like you would like it if... It's like, I'm going to keep an eye on this. You'd like it if Spencer had a relationship with Baker and Kyler. I thought you were going to say with God, but... No. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, I, I there, was, there was a little bit of a... I guess this, is, this would be the best way to say it. I always knew that Baker was a killer. Like, if, yeah. if you needed it, he was going to go get it. Kyler, same way. And I think a little bit of that wasn't so much what he did in college, but you always knew he's the best quarterback to ever play in Texas high school football. Like, you just knew that he was going to find a way to win because that's what Kyler Murray did. He won football games. I'm not saying that Spencer Rattler's not a winner. I'm not saying that they need to uh, bench him and put Caleb Williams in. But at the same time, if OU's down by... Six points with two timeouts left and a minute 50 on the clock. I can't sit here and tell you that I know for a fact Spencer's going to lead the team down. And I think that's what's worrisome. The whole time you were talking about that, I was thinking about if I if I was drinking on this podcast, I would have taken us down a Chad and JT go deep um, kind of tunnel. <laughs> About uh, are those, Baker being a killer. Are those the guys that uh, go to the, yeah, uh, the city, city council, council meetings? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I would I would probably suggest like that. Uh, Spencer Rattler gets really into the uh, John Mayer song "Assassin." Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard that song? No. Oh, it's so good. It's one of his best songs. After he did what he did to Jen, I've cut 
John Mayer out of my life. After you did the who? Jennifer Aniston. What did he do to her exactly? Just I, I don't know. <laughs> Cheated on her probably. Oh, I bet she's an assassin. I would. Jennifer Aniston could lead you down the field. I can yeah. guarantee you that. Yes. No, but the 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 it's about, uh, you know, he's a he's he's an assassin, like he's the best to ever do it, like with chicks and stuff, and he falls in love with this woman, and he finds out that she's an assassin too. Oh, uh, they like meet each other. Yeah, like they he, she wins. They find the encounter. Yeah. And I always wondered, like, is that a, was that a song about Taylor Swift? Because she was on that album, too. It probably is. I'm sure that she's wrote a song about him. She's an assassin. She has, hasn't she? There are rumors, yes, that that is true. That she wrote songs about John Mayer? That there is one song in particular. I think it's oh, called Dear John. John. Yeah. Oh. Well, isn't that... I don't know. I'm not going to bore people with my lack of knowledge about Taylor Swift. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know. It... There, I, I guess, and this is not a good thing. You leave Oklahoma's season opener with more questions. About it was this just team. disappointing. I mean, it's just disappointing to go watch that team just, just puke down its leg in the entire second half when you know that that, you know, you're expecting this to be a national championship level team. Yeah, and they're doing the same shit that they've done when they've been one and done in in college football playoff. Like, where's the growth? Where's the where's the jump? No one saw the jump today. That's the most disappointing part about today. Sure. Is it a good thing that they're throwing Caleb Williams in there uh, in the red zone like that? I don't know. It kind of it's kind of like because didn't we always go back and say like the Belldozer stuff was a product because they couldn't run the football right right like that was a product because they couldn't get yards in there. I, I, Which, by the way, I have coined the Caleb Williams uh, formation, the DC Dozer. I was told that it was brought up on the uh, OU football broadcast. Hmm. So thank you, Chris Plank. Uh, I, I think that should stick. The DC Dozer. DC Dozer. It's kind of like the DC Sniper, but better. We could just make t-shirts before anybody else. I need to copyright it. Um, No, I mean, I... I it does kind of signal like, hey, it, and go back to Chandler Morris last year. I mean, that didn't seem to screw with with Spencer's head. Is that a product also though of okay, let's take let's take the ball out of a running back's hands just because of the depth issue? Would they do that because it's like and believe me, there was one there was one time where Eric Gray got hit and he kind of didn't labor getting up, yeah. But it was like it took him a second to yeah. get up, yeah. And you could just feel it in the stadium, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. He's up, he's good. I'm not gonna lie, there might have been a moment today when I was like, hey, let's see some Jaden Knowles. I was surprised that they, I was surprised that they didn't get any carries, but at the same time, they never really were able to. In the, especially in the second half, they were never really able in, or in position to do it. They kept if, going three and out. What if this is all a big conspiracy and Spencer Rattler just played poorly so Caleb Williams couldn't come into the game? <laughs> he hates him that much. Like Maybe he's afraid of him taking his job. Like He doesn't want us to see Caleb Williams play football. I think they should fight during uh, the first bye week for it. Just cancel the Western... That's a great idea. Cancel the Western Carolina game and just let them battle it out in a cage match on pay per view. <laughs> and 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 it'll be all for NIL. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Raising Canes can sponsor it. Maybe uh, Dana White can promote it. He, he doesn't care. He probably. Well, I don't know if he can make any money off of it. He probably would. Yeah. Eh. Uh, no, but I, I'm joking about that. But. I'm it, not. It I was, think they should cancel the Western Carolina game and let them fight to the It death was disappointing cage to not get to see Caleb Williams do anything but run one play today. Sure. Because you really thought you had a chance, especially going into halftime. I mean, I thought about like... That's hmm, another one of those... If they go up by 14 more, do we think that's probably when we'll see Caleb Williams? I mean, I thought that, and it didn't And happen. that's the thing. It's like, they were in position. It's 37-14, and they can't do anything. They can't do anything. With the ball. Yeah. 
that's where like those teams, you know, 2017 offensively, 2018 offensively, they go they go out and score all the sudden it's 44-14. The rest is history. Yeah. I I mean, but this is a different team. I don't know how good the defense is because I don't know who plays on the defense on a regular basis. Like, but mm. I I think that they're pretty when they've got Isaiah Thomas and Perron Winfrey and Nick Benito on the field. And you know who I like today? Caleb Kelly as a rush end. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he, he had moments. He's got a knack for that. And of course, who has been trumpeting Caleb Kelly as a rush end for four years now? You? Yeah, me. Send that uh, memo over to. Uh... Alex Grinch. But he's pl- that's the only place he can play now, though. Sure. I mean, he doesn't fit in at linebacker. They got too many. I mean, Danny Stutzman played today. Ethan he, Downs played today. Danny Stutzman is a lot bigger than I thought he was. Really? Pause. <laughs> he is a massive human being. I mean, he's a big, thick kid. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I. But he's still a kid. I don't know. It was one of those things. I didn't. I just didn't. I wasn't expecting him to be that big. Even in the video that uh, Josh like got of him back in high school last year, I just didn't expect him to be as uh, big physically as, as he was. Let me ask you this question. Uh, was Billy Bowman better today than Buki was at all, ever? Maybe not ever, because he had some, some bright moments. I felt like he got his hands on the football a little bit more but than Buki had. Billy Bowman... I mean, for his first game as a true freshman, not bad. No, not at Very all. Very promising. Not at all. There's a, there, I thought Latrell McCutcheon, for the same same matter, played pretty well. And it, it it was really the second half until they started playing him. I just want to know, and it again, it, it's so hard to be doing video down there and really tell who's busting coverages and stuff, but who whose guy is that? That is wheeling out. I have to. Like, I'd have to go that, back and watch. Are those it linebackers? Are those? I, I guess that's my question. Is is that on the linebackers or is that on the secondary? I think it's probably on the safeties. Okay, but I'd have, like I said, I have to go look at it. Somebody released a, a receiver, and somebody didn't pick him up. And I thought Key Lawrence had moments. Yeah, I mean, obviously the hit uh, that had to get reviewed was a nice. It was a nice play. I tell you, let's just go. Let's just go through it. I mean, I'm looking at the defensive stats right now. Um, offensively, that's pretty easy to kind of figure out. But let's go a little back and forth with some stock up, stop, stock down. And I'll throw, I'll throw play. Let's throw players out to each other. And I'll start with the biggest one, Spencer Rattler, for you. Stock down. Agreed. I mean, I I did not think that he, and it might have obviously, like we said, the stats were good, but at the same time, I think anybody that watched that game, uh, kind of knows the score there, right? It just it wasn't very pretty. Spencer Rattler's not my biggest stock down for today, though. Okay, I'm trying to think, offense or defense? Offense. Robert Congle. No, it's Eric Gray. Oh, Eric Gray. I, I How much of that was his fault though? Look, Kennedy Brooks ran you know for 6.2 yards per carry. Completely fair. Eric Gray ran for 3 Completely yards per fair. carry. Completely fair. Completely fair. Kennedy Brooks looked like the guy that we saw in 2018. I mean, uh, excuse me, 2019. He looked really really good. He's just good. Yeah, and it, it was it was kind of funny. I I, I was joking with uh, T.J. Eckerd and Nate Fakin uh, down on the sidelines. There's nothing flashy about it, man. He just runs the football, and you look up, and it's like, oh, he got eight more yards. Oh, he, he got is, nine more I mean, yards. He is. Uh, he's Woody Harrelson in White Man Can't Jump, except he's a black guy. Just very unsuspecting. Yeah, like you would never if you were picking teams and yeah. he was standing there, he'd be one of the last people you picked. Sure. It's crazy. And he's one of the best players on... He was... He might have been the best player on that field today. It's crazy. Offensive. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I like their quarterback. I don't know. That Michael Pratt dude, he got his ass kicked all day, and he just kept coming back. I tweeted out... That was impressive. I tweeted out a video of uh, Deshaun White stuck with him on a shot, and 
he comes in and just absolutely murders the guy. Yeah. And he gets up, just like, it, how many times did he get up today and just like would hobble around and then get back to the and how many get times back to the his, huddle? How many times did he get his helmet knocked off today? At least twice. Oh, I mean, the Keyshawn Lawrence live. I thought, I oh, thought, God, I he thought killed he took him. his head off. Yeah. I thought he killed him. And then, obviously, it, you, you slow know, it down. He, you realize he put his shoulder into his chest, sure. and then he was sliding down, and it went up. And But at the same time, it was like, oh, God, he's dead. It was a bad-looking hit live. Uh, I'm going to go stock up for Marvin Mims. Man, he just – and I think that you said it on a unofficial 40 maybe a month ago. It might have been right after Big 12 Media Day. I mean, what what's this guy not going to be able to do? He moved I, inside to the slot, and he still dominated the game. 117 yards receiving, uh, five receptions, targeted second most. Mario Williams actually targeted the most today, eight times. That's a little surprising. Jaden Hazelwood why. was targeted five times. He caught four of those for 47. I mean, he he could have had a bigger day. I mean... He got he, inter- just, he got it interfered in the end zone. That was yeah, a no call. I but thought so too. It, I mean, well, you talk about the one where he was pushing the guy into the end zone, though. Mm, they were both fighting with each other in the corner, north, the northwest, northwest corner. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was pass interference. I thought the, the ref could have called it either way. Sure, because before the ball was thrown, he was literally just driving the guy into the end zone. I caught the very end of it, so I might have. I just saw the defensive guy. Um, Mar- Marvin Mims, I think he, like, I don't want to go, like, over the top, but I think he's starting to get on that Sterling Shepard track as far as he could be one of the better guys to ever do it yeah. down there. Yeah. Uh, I think stock up for Gabe Burkage today. Three, first player. Here's how good his day was. No OU kicker had ever had more than one 50-yard field goal in a game. He had three of them today. He was absolutely incredible. Uh, there was no doubt about the 56-yarder that it was in. Right. Uh, what did he do? He tied an FBS record with three field goals makes of at least 50 yards. He had the 51, 56, and 55. No Oklahoma player had ever made more than 50-plus-yard uh, field goal in a game, which yeah. is kind of surprising to a certain extent. That's that's saying no one ever made a fifty-plus yard field goal in a game. That's a what, kicker. And that's what the game Oklahoma. notes said. That's what the game notes are saying. Uh, his fifty-six yarder in the first half also tied his third longest in school history, tied with Tony DiRienzo uh, at Oklahoma State, nineteen seventy-five, and is the longest since a fifty-eight yarder by uh, Uve Von Schaumann against OSU. OSU's had some bad luck with the uh, OU kickers in seventy-seven. It also marked the longest made field goal in a season opener in school history. Uh, the 51 yarder in the second quarter was also was already noted as OU's longest made field goal in a season opening game in school history, and it was the 15th career game in uh, which he's made multiple field now goals. Now the Uve one, that's Ohio State OSU. That says Oklahoma State. Hmm. Longest since a 58 yarder by Uve von, von Schaumann oh, okay. versus Oklahoma okay. State in 1977. Okay. How how long was the Ohio State one at the shoe? I think it was 44. Okay, so it wasn't at, it wasn't over 50. Um, okay, defensively, about Reggie Grimes stock up today. Honestly, the only reason I would say stock up is because he started. That was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, he had two tackles, but he did have a forced fumble. So to me, that's got to be stock up. Sure. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, what about give me? Yeah, give me some. I'll, I'll give you somebody. Uh, we already talked about Billy Bowman, DJ Graham. I thought he had a decent day. Second in the team on tackles. Now I will say only one pass breakup. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think Josh. I don't think Josh thought he had a very good day. I would say. I would say. He's neither up nor down. He stayed the same, in my eyes. Okay. I, people don't want to hear this, but I think Patrick Field stock up today. Josh had a, him at a 68. Made a great open great. field tackle on a run. Uh, defended a pass in the end zone. 
in a one-on-one situation. Josh is a tough, tough teacher in here. Looking at his uh, report card today. What does he say about he gave, he gave Gabe Burkich a 92. I'm going to give him at least a 95. <laughs> what did you think of, uh, you know, a guy that was pretty quiet today and maybe it was just because he's trying to get back into it. I would love to know how many snaps he actually had. What did you think about Jalen Redmond's return to the field? He did have uh, he, re- he recovered the a fumble. Recover, fumble uh, was Isaiah Thomas stripped it and he recovered it? Or uh, that was... No. Isaiah Thomas recovered the... Um, I mean, uh, Isaiah Thomas forced the recovery by Clayton Smith. Jalen Redmond just happened to be right time, right place. Oh, that was he a, jumped that was the on ball the, that, the snap, the bad snap. Okay. He kind of fumbled it out. Um, I'm looking at Jalen Redmond, two total sacks on the day. Uh, half uh, half a tackle for a loss. Uh, one fumble recovered. That was his day. I mean, it was it was decent. I mean, yeah. it was nice to see him out there. Uh, and he got a lot of reps. And he seemed to be in pretty good shape. You know, the guy that, like, really, I thought, and it shouldn't, it, it, was, it was pretty expected, but when I see him now, I, I guess I just think of him differently. And it's because of what he did a year ago, but Isaiah Thomas has, like, he has gotten so big. Yeah. That, I mean, he's going to be an NFL guy. He's cut up now. He's going to be an NFL guy at some point. And obviously, especially on I mean, the edge. I mean, and at some point, I mean, next year, but he had a really nice day. I thought he made, made some big plays when they needed it. He had a couple of nice uh, tackles for loss in the red zone. Well, it's kind of just a weird thing because we get so obsessed with Perry on Winfrey and Nick Benito. Uh, and, you know, and we talk about Jalen Redmond all the time. Isaiah Thomas was the heartbeat of that defense last year before, sure. before Ronnie Perkins came back. I said that last week or last month or whatever. Like, I just think the guy is, he's kind of like the Marvin Mims of the defense. He's so good and everybody just kind of is like. Consistent. Yeah, everybody's just kind of like, oh yeah, he's really good. They need more of those guys that are just consistent. They just yeah. bring it every night. And then I, and then I would give some stock up to Caleb Kelly. Because I thought he looked really good today as an edge rusher. Hell, the most impressive thing that I saw from Caleb Kelly today was he's running down there on kickoff. Yeah. Special teams. Yeah. Like, he's the team captain. He could could very easily not be doing that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, And then, um, I'd say coaching stock down today. It just wasn't... The entirety of the staff. Again, and... I don't want to be too critical of it because obviously they're not trying to go out there and give up these leads. It just, it felt like, and and maybe just the whole atmosphere of the day had, had something to do with it, but it just feels weird. It felt weird from the beginning. In fact, uh, Ty Russell, a photographer for OU came up and said something to me during warmups and he's like, doesn't it just feel weird down here? Like and not because it was the first time we had been down there in a while. It was just like like even going to the game, there wasn't much of a crowd outside. Carrie, the parking lots 20, were empty. Twenty minutes before the game started, I don't want to put a number on it, but but there was fifteen thousand people in the stadium. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, just walking up there. I mean, I got there about. I never there went, was no traffic. I didn't go to the north to the side. Stadium. Were there people even set up like tailgating and stuff? I didn't notice it. Yeah, there were like from Sarkis when you were walking in. Uh, there were some on the corner there. Um, what is that? Um, uh, I can't remember the name. Brooks on Brook Street. Yeah. Uh, yeah just there were just people on north that of the stadium there, right, right by the uh, campus, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. By the just, Duck Pond lot. Yeah, it just felt weird. The whole day felt weird. I don't know. I didn't even wake up today feeling like it was a game day. And I don't know if it was like a mental thing because, you know, we were supposed to be in New Orleans. We were supposed to be traveling yesterday. Yeah. It just felt weird. The whole thing felt weird. It felt like a scrimmage. And they kind of acted like it. The only time today that it felt like a real Oklahoma football game, uh, and I some people would argue it was the fourth quarter, but... <laughs> It was the second quarter when things started going right. They yeah. got on a roll, and all of a sudden you look up, and you know they're up by because it was fourteen fourteen. They retake the lead, and they're then up they're by twenty three at halftime. Yeah. And it's like you you almost could breathe a little bit. You're like, okay, this is what we expected. Yeah, it's like season. okay, OU's gonna they're gonna come out, they're gonna score a couple touchdowns. Like I figured it would have gone the other way. 
it was Oklahoma that would have outscored them twenty-one to three in the second half, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't have been more wrong. It was just overall, you know, I'd give it like a D. The entire experience today, it was, it was concerning. You know, I think the next speaker needs to be is like, uh, well, you know, my idea. I told Nate after the game. I don't know this. If idea. I was, if I was the head coach today, we would have uh, got everybody together. This is a little dark, but we we would have we would have gone out to the practice field and ran until a walk on died, because they didn't get to play. <laughs> so how does that? They just all the starters. Like, went, they're going to you're going to teach them the value of the walk on by killing one of them. Well, they they were supposed to get in a game like today, and because they weren't able to play, someone the, has to die. The walk ons would have ran, and the starters would have sat there and watched because that's what the walk ons did during the game today. Uh-huh. They got to sit there and watch them basically die in front of everybody. Uh, that is very dark. I was just thinking about like bringing in like a guy that hunts sharks or something, like you know, chum in the water, that kind of thing. I mean, like, you got to smell blood in the water, boys. I I really thought that they had turned a corner when Pat Fields told us earlier this week that Alex Grinch was having him watch videos of uh, Ray Lewis who killed the guy, allegedly, allegedly, uh, talking about hunting like a lion, like. I thought that they had turned the corner, but obviously not. It's unfortunate. Well, it's is it how hard is it to motivate thirty eight players on defense though that are all playing? I mean they 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 certainly got all those guys out there. Oh my God, they did. I wonder how many how many snaps did Justin Harrington get today? Not many, but he was out there. I I, mean, I know that he was out there because I got a little bit of video of him, but. I just didn't feel like he was out there that much. I'm still just refreshing PFF constantly, waiting for snap counts. I'll post them on sooner on the uh, Crimson Corner when they come out. It was uh, it was a weird day. It was a weird day, and I think the thing that is kind of like it doesn't suck because it's part of like the buildup in a season and stuff. But you're just not going to get much out of next week. You're not going to be able to say. Did they really learn anything? Did they take a step? Because Western Carolina is not going to come in here and move the ball. And I guess it, it could go the other way. If Western Carolina does come in and move the ball. You know, before we even kicked off today on a Saturday, three FCS teams had won football games in college football this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was more than uh, in, in the entire year of 2019. Before we even got to our this, first Saturday. Saturday wasn't as bad as Kansas's was last week, although they rushed the field. They won. It could yeah. be bad. They were literally losing, though, that game with like 40 seconds left to play. It was their first win in like 670-something days. Yeah. I think that can't, every time Kansas wins a football game, they should rush the field. That should be their thing. <sighs> they should have free beer at the barn for a week, too. You got to you got to take baby steps. You got to start from somewhere. But yeah, I mean, next week Western Carolina, it will be great that it's a full football experience once again. I would imagine the Fletcher's Corny Dogs will be open. I would imagine the atmosphere is a lot better than it is uh, than it was today for next week, which is kind of weird to say considering it's a step down in competition, but at the same time, I think today it's just you kind of had. I mean, look, everybody that went out there and sat through it. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and criticize anyone for leaving early because no. I know it was terrible. Like I said at the beginning, but, uh, if you sat through that entire thing, yeah, <laughs> you you should get an award. But what I'm trying to say is, next week the professionals show up. The fans. The ones with the season tickets. The ones that have been planning for this. And I know a lot of those people were here today. There are just not as many of them. Uh, so next week should be bonkers. But yeah, I mean, I, I, think, the at- I think the atmosphere needs to be a little bit better, and I, I. The only thing I'm af- afraid of today is this is kind of traumatizing fans to where they're expecting OU to kind of struggle coming out of halftime every time. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, 
they haven't really given you any evidence over the last couple of years not to expect something like that either. And the other thing I want to say is, uh, hey, they didn't punt today. That's good, right? I think maybe they should have a couple of times. That was a, I think that was a fair criticism of Lincoln. Like, oh no, you that, have to stop going for it all the time yeah. at midfield and play field position sure. a little bit and put it on your defense and let them do something. But again, but then again, it's like on fourth and one, you can't pick that up against Tulane. They couldn't. Like that's a bigger problem. They that's a problem. They, I mean, and I was the kind of guy that said. They had it on third and one and didn't get it. And so, to me, if you can't get it on third and one and you're still in your own territory, I'm sorry. That was your chance to do it. Don't don't screw it up next time. Because sure. you're obviously not in the right state of mind to pick up one yard right now. So just punt it away. Yeah. And I will say this. Uh, I know this is probably just internet anger. All my crap with Lincoln Riley is squashed. I, I, I hate that people are bringing up, like, you were right, he's a dick, we need better. Like, he's not a dick. I was just mad. So, don't, don't, don't throw that back out there. It's not fair. The, from where you were coming from, though, is nothing that you said was wrong. Nah, it wasn't right. So, we're past all that. But the, nah, the access stuff. <laughs> the access stuff. Look, everything's been great um, since all that went down. I think Lincoln's, sure. Lincoln's been great. Oh, I think everybody, I think everybody. Loves the media's it. had a chance to really weigh in on sure. how things were going, and a lot of grievances were aired and listened to, and changes have been happening. And I, I'm very happy that, you know, oh, you reacted that way instead of, um basically threatening to kick me out or anything like that. So Sure. But that's what happens when you work around people for 20 years. It's not just stupid name calls. Nobody hates each other. No. I think and I think and that I, like I was disappointed. I think other people were disappointed. That's that's the uh the, And we moved on. Right. That's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that like I think that there's a lot of people outside. Oh, they so they hate each other now. It's like, "No, man. No, I don't hate Lincoln at all." I was disappointed in myself for handling it the way I did. I let people tell me that they were disappointed in me. And we're all trying to be better. So you, what you're saying is you handed it like grown-ups. Yes, exactly. Damn, Not you should have like just, just gone at each other on Twitter. Although I'm a little worried time. about Joe C. Nah. I think I'm having a negative effect on him. We had a nice convert. We were having a nice conversation uh, before the game, yeah. Joe C. and I. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, my future father-in-law, Willie Fritz, came and interrupted us. <laughs> if you don't know, Willie Fritz has a he Fritz has He's a very one attractive smoking daughter. hot daughter. They, it, I mean, talk about like a situation that I felt out of place though. Like Willie Fritz, like comes up to Josie, like, "Hey, thank you for you know basically putting this game together." Yeah, and I was just standing there like, uh. I'm just an idiot. What, like, what am I supposed to... Am I supposed to say something? Am I, and, of course, no, you're not. But it was funny. You should have said, like, you know what? I think you should run for the president of the United States. Uh, nah. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm gonna, so proud of you. If I would have had, I'm like... I'm so proud of you right now. If I would have had, like, two more beers, I'd probably make an ankle monitor joke. But I'm not going to do that. All right. Well, you've had beer. I haven't. I have no excuse for being a bastard. Uh, well, look. Any takeaways from uh, just the day that was in college football? I know it's kind of still wrapping up, but uh, good for Grant Calcaterra, Tanner Mordecai. Oh, yeah. Awesome. They hooked up for a touchdown tonight down in Dallas. Uh, talking about football. Iowa. What? Yeah. Iowa State. Blah. Usual pre, you know, non-conference Iowa State bullshit. Listen, they better get their shit together or they will get their ass run out of town next week. They play Iowa. Talk about people that can't, I mean, like. They play Iowa next week and Iowa played pretty damn well today. beat the crap out of Indiana today. Like, Matt Campbell, for all the great he's done, he's got some problems just like Lincoln does. I mean, he can't figure that out. The early season non-conference stuff. Yeah. And granted, like. I understand Northern Iowa is not 
a pushover. Kind of seemed like there was a lot of teams today that just like, and we're recording this on a Saturday night, obviously. But A and M's only up ten to three against Kent State. Clemson's down seven zero. They just got a pick though. Uh, they're trying to get back into the game. It just, you know, I I don't know. It just seemed like a a very awkward day for a lot of teams outside of outside of one team, <sighs> one team, Alabama. Alabama's actually Texas was pretty impressive. I thought they played really well. Congrats to me, lock of the week. Hudson Card looked pretty good. Um, uh, So anyway, I think I'm done with dumb comments. Um, So Western Carolina next week. uh, Look, we're gonna keep doing pods, post game pods. OU's got a lot of home games uh, coming up. West Virginia uh, loses today to Maryland, by the way. I'm sure Oklahoma State is handling business. They better be against Missouri State. They're up uh, 20 to 9 at the beginning That's of the fourth not quarter. handling business. <laughs> now, they did just get a. Uh, it looks like uh, Missouri State fumbled a punt and Oklahoma State recovered it and they're in business, but at the same time. And obviously, Spencer Sanders not starting because of the COVID situation. Shane Ellingworth, 20 of 33. Yeah. So. It was uh it's an interesting week one. We move into week two and it's you know it's like I told uh, Joe this morning, it's like I feel like, you know, you get into the the mode of football and then you blink and all of a sudden it's January. So enjoy yeah. it. I know I know it's hard to like come out of today saying that you enjoyed it. Shit, I said that it was one of the most miserable <laughs> games I've ever been to. But it Just was Just because of the heat. It was good to get back to uh, you know, somewhat of a normal routine. Somewhat of a uh, a normal existence as far as uh, college football goes in Norman. So it's uh, it's only going to get better from here, I think. It's off and running. I still think this team can be good. I still think this team can compete. They just got a they they got a lot of uh, I don't even know if it's like on field stuff as much as it is head just stuff. like yeah, go look in a mirror. Who are you? Are you are you a team that wants to embrace expectations? Are you a team? That wants to, uh, you know, basically go chase a national championship, or you are a team that wants to go play for a Cotton Bowl, and is that just good enough for you guys? And if it is, it is what it is. It's, it's disappointing, but I think they got a little bit more left in the tank. And it'll be interesting to see how Lincoln and Alex Grinch approach this sure. uh, moving forward. Sure, and and I don't know. I I hope that they go back and watch that defensive tape and just look at the r- rotations and say. We're 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 crazy, and I know that they. It's a little too much. It's a little too extra. Yeah, it 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 seems like that might be the case, and maybe they thought that they like maybe like you said, Carrie. Maybe they thought they could just get away with it, and you know, I guess technically they did, but it almost cost them today, and they lose they lose that game. All of a sudden, we come in here, and I think this podcast goes a little bit differently. Actually, I don't know if I would have made it to the podcast because I might have assaulted somebody after the game. Oh, God. All right. Well, we appreciate uh, you guys listening, being back with us. We're going to be here all season. we got lots more uh, to come. and lot- we got some big announcements coming as well uh, that you'll want to stay tuned for uh, for uh, post-game in particular. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, lots of great stuff coming this season, even though it didn't start off like everyone had hoped in game one Sooners uh, they're not going anywhere they're going to go try and get better try and come back be better against Western Carolina next week uh, and then against Nebraska Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to follow going to be a lot of fun to see if they finally make that jump if Spencer Rattler makes that jump if this defense starts to come together a little bit more so uh, can't wait to to, uh, cover it can't wait to follow it with you guys and uh, as always we appreciate y'all being with us and we'll see you again next week on another edition of the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast